0: A Wednesday, Big Ten Media Day edition of Hail Varsity Radio, as it's Elijah Herbal taking you through the show today. Chris Schmidt is on a plane headed back from Indianapolis as we speak. But never fear. Schmidt has left us a ton of great content as he's been working tirelessly all day for the past two days, getting interviews, uh, getting just the, the latest scoops from Big Ten Media Days, talking to some of the biggest personalities around. Schmidty has been doing all of the legwork, uh, so he gets a half day off today, kind of, as he flies back from Indianapolis. He'll be back in uh, studio for our show tomorrow on a Thursday, but I told you he's left us a lot of great stuff. Uh, got a ton of great stuff coming up. Today, as we're going to start this show off here with some Husker talk, uh, Garrett Nelson. We snuck in his interview at the end of yesterday's show, but it, uh, it deserved a little bit of time in the spotlight. So we'll hear Garrett Nelson's interview yet again here this first segment, only about four minutes long. Uh, so uh, nothing too strenuous in terms of the rewind. We'll also uh, hear what Trev had to say uh, to the media yesterday uh, as... Uh, Trev spent about nine minutes with the media and said some good things. We'll hear that in full here in this first segment. We'll also get caught up live with Hale Varsity's Mike Babcock as we'll get some of his reaction to what went down at media day yesterday. Is it really that big a deal that Scott Frost skipped through the opening monologue and decided we'll go straight to questions? We'll get Mike's take on that here in just a little bit. We'll hear from uh, Cade McNamara yet again today as uh, Cade uh, talked about how impressive the uh, the venue was in Nebraska. That's worth hearing again. So we'll hear from Cade a little bit later in Hour 2. We got Indiana tight end A.J. Barner coming your way this hour, though, as well as John Schmitz, Indiana's, excuse me, Minnesota's uh, starting center. Uh, Schmitz will be with us here at 450, no relation to Chris Schmitz. In the next hour, P.J. Fleck, head coach of Minnesota, uh, we also have Peyton Thorne, the quarterback of Michigan State, and Jack Ebling, a multi-time uh, Michigan Sports Writer of the Year Award winner. Uh, he sat down with Schmitty, and we'll hear from that all before Cade McMurray, and we'll wrap the show up. But here before uh, I get to In the Weeds about what we've got coming up, let's hear from Garrett Nelson as uh, Garrett sat down with Schmitty yesterday morning, uh, really before the big 10 media days got underway this is about eight o'clock yesterday morning uh, garrett kind enough to give us a little over three minutes of his time and sat down with Schmidty. starts this conversation off by talking about what his expectations are for the year this As garrett's really emerged into a, a leader maybe the heart and soul of this team and uh, here he is talking about what he expects from himself and from the team this season
2: uh the fantastic you know career but i i have a higher expectation for myself um you know i i expect more of myself. I want more for myself. So um, just improving on the, the season I've, I've had before. Um, and, and that summer was a big part of it. Um, had a really deep sit down, talk with my dad, um, truly ta- taking these, uh, what is it, nine months of spring and summer uh, before the fall and being truly professional about what you're doing and, and, and uh, planned out and thought out. Um, you know, not saying that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but uh, really honing on, on every single detail of my life and my lifestyle, how uh, I become the best player I can be, a best leader I can be, a best teammate I can be. Garrett Nelson's with us here at Big Ten
3: Media Days on KFOR Alpha Media, and that sit down—that's that's that's, uh, that's uh, a grown-up thing to do. Was mm-hmm. it was it uh, a a difficult chat? Was it a a chat that that you had with your dad that was refreshing? I mean, was it emotional? I mean, take us through the not necessarily the specifics,
2: mm-hmm. but just the. The details, I it, guess. It was all, I mean, my, my dad's my best friend. and He will never lie to me. Um, you know, he, he wants the best for me. And, uh, you know, if having that hard conversation or you know, emotional conversation during that time that needed to happen and, and it happened, uh, you know, he, he always has my back. And I know that, uh, you know, forever. But, um, you know, I, having his guidance and understanding where, where he came from as a Division One wrestler and uh, how I can improve and put some of those aspects of, of his life into my life, uh, uh, you know, d- apply it to the football. World and me as a teammate and as leader. Garrett, where can this defense
3: go in 2022? Uh, Really solid defense last season. You
2: lost some pieces, you've added some new faces. Mm Yeah. Uh, you know, putting it on my shoulders personally, uh, I, as when coaches say that we need one more sack or, um, you know, my expectations as a rush end and uh, everybody in the in the D line room to come over the walls and get that one more sack and get more turnovers and, you know, be more ferocious up front uh, just as a position group. That's what we want. But as a defense, you know, like you said, we had a very solid defense last year and, and building off of that block and understanding that's the standard now and we can only go up from there. Um, that that's what you can expect. Garrett Nelson's with us here on KFOR.
3: Garrett, a thought on uh, your unit on that defensive line, some new faces and, and some old faces, you specifically, Caleb Tanner, of course. Uh, Oshon's in there. Uh, and then the secondary, how, how are both those units going to mesh this year as we say goodbye?
2: Um, Yes, they're separate units, but yes, we're on one defense, and we have to understand that we are all tied in this giant system together. Um, being honest with each other, like you said, with the accountability and, and bringing everybody together, um, always almost like in a volleyball huddle. And understanding and understanding yeah. you know what or what we need to do on this series or in this player, this part of practice and all, all collectively being in one mind and understanding that mindset and that mentality that we have, that Blackshirt mentality. We found that last year. We know what it is, we know what the standard is and we gotta hold everybody accountable. That you know, and we talk about it every day. Garrett Nelson. Garrett, appreciate seeing you again, man. Thank you for, thank Thanks for, for, uh, for stopping by. Of course.
3: On the cover of Hail Varn City magazine. Uh, Garrett, you take care, bud. Thank you so much. All right, you do There it.
0: he is there's Garrett Nelson, uh, who sat down with Schmitty yesterday on uh, – it would have been on the morning show on KFOR as uh, it was bright and early for Garrett, uh, getting out there and talking uh, with Schmitty. Uh, we also heard yesterday from Trev Albert. Spent a lot of time with Frost's comments and the players' comments, but didn't spend as much time on Trev's comments. Trev uh, had some good thoughts yesterday as he uh, talked to the media for about nine minutes. Let's listen to that in full. And uh, we'll also get Mike Babcock's reaction to this coming up next segment. But here is Trev Alberts talking to the media yesterday. <laughs>
4: Well, you're never comfortable in positions, but uh, it is different. Um, it's been it's been good, you know, uh, getting to know a lot of the other ADs and, and uh, presidents and, and conference staff. So I think you get into a little bit more of a groove and, and understand what to expect. But, you know, the challenge is uh, the amount of change and the amount of transition in intercollegiate athletics is a time where... Um, was not a lot of comfort and not a lot of time to sit still. So we had a great uh, day-long meeting with all the ads and Commissioner Warren yesterday, and just trying to sort through, you know, some of the things that face all of us. And uh, don't have all the answers certainly, but I think we've defined all the challenges, which is really important. And just trying to do the right thing for Nebraska and, and also uh, for the Big Ten Conference. How can
0: the USC and UCLA move well, Connecticut?
4: Well, first of all, I you know I, I think it was incredibly strategic. I think it was really bold, and uh, I think in a time of change, having leadership that's willing to be bold is really important. So I really saluted the other ads, the presidents and chancellors, but also Commissioner Warren. I, I think it's uh, I think it's wonderful. I mean, you're, you're talking about two amazing brands. That uh, you know, the Big Ten's very proud. We've got a lot of great institutions with strong brands, and uh, certainly these two bring a lot. Uh, I just. Uh, I mentioned this previously, but I had a tremendous experience uh, getting to play at UCLA, and I happened to win the game, So, uh, but we didn't win by much, uh, but getting a chance to play out in California was, was a special experience, so we got a lot to work through. You know, there's some easy things to point to as challenges in terms of integrating them into uh, the conference, but as Kevin always says, you know, it's 24, so we've got some time. Um, But uh, I think they're going to be great additions to the Big Ten. How much better do you feel like you know Coach Frost now as opposed to last year? And and what's been the most revealing about how he goes about his business and his job? Well, it's like anything else, you know, whether it's your marriage or or just friendship, right? Um, You know, it takes time to get to know somebody. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And, and, uh, you know, I talked, I think, when I first, uh, back in July a year ago, we talked about trust. Trust goes both ways. Coaches have to earn the trust of administrators. Administrators have to earn the trust of the coaches. So I think just being transparent, um, sharing information with God, working through, getting his perspective, um, and slowly, I think you, it kind of naturally, organically involves into some trust where he can bring some things to me, I can things to him, and, and we can work through them together. So... I'm really, really pleased with whether, where the relationship is right now. I'm pleased with where football is. We haven't won any games, uh, but I'm pleased with uh, how bold and strategic that Scott and the staff have been in trying to make the changes necessary to affect to the change needed to, to win games in a very difficult conference. And by the way, as you just mentioned, Andy, it's not going to get any easier. Um, we're bringing in uh, you know really challenging brand, so our job is to figure it out we're going to have a much better chance of figuring out if we're doing it together rather than doing it in silos. What,
5: what do you want to see this season out of the team? I know it's not a specific wins, but what do you want to see on the field?
4: Well, I mean, I think we want to see what everybody wants to see, right? A well-coached football team uh, that doesn't quit, um, that's physical, um, and uh, in key moments uh, makes the necessary plays to get us over the hump. I mean, we talked about this last year. I mean, this is going forward, this is never going to be a deal where most every single team is going to have some pretty equal talent. There might be some that have a little bit more, but you're talking about the very granular details of of how we operate. and uh, uh, That's going to be critically important. And so what I've been pleased about is Scott's willingness, um, and he's done this on his own, to dive into those details, to find solutions to try to correct those, because they're absolutely going to be necessary. I know some of you have written about and talked about one-score games, and how do we 100% 100% true. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, every time we walk out on the field, it's not going to be a situation where we have significantly more talent, and if we just don't turn the ball over, we're probably going to win the game. It's kind of how it used to be. Um, it's not that way now, and now we've got to find a new strategy. So, uh, I you know, I think those are the types of things that you want to see. The cohesion of the staff, a team that plays together and plays
5: hard. And everything I've seen, uh, I think we're heading towards that. You, you've said you don't want to a catch win total that would represent progress? Why is that?
4: So you guys can spend all year going, well, this was the total, <laughs> and now they've got this many games to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think you can create some unnecessary. The other thing is, the reality is, you know, you, you can have a really good football team uh, that... What happens if week five you're starting running back and quarterback and, and defensive end all are out for the season with injuries? I, mean, I think there's some other factors that can play into uh, things that happen to a team. And so I just think it's unwise to listen. We all are well aware. Uh, we understand what pressure is. Every single coach in the Big Ten is, is under pressure to win. Uh, we are in the competition business. That's not going to change. I said it before. We don't get tenure in athletics. So winning is kind of not an option for us. Um, and so we're just slowly building back uh, uh, some of the momentum that's necessary. And, and uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we get to start with a conference opponent in Ireland, which, you know, I think in a way is wonderful because it gets the attention of your team. Your first practice tomorrow, you look at the schedule. Um, you know, we better have some great practices because we don't have a lot of time to, to create the team necessary to compete. So, sort
5: of what needs to be on got kind of the staff agenda the next month before they leave. But this thing to take care of before
4: well, I, I think, you know, uh, again, not knowing all the X's and O's of what they're working through, Mitch, I, I will only say, I think given the challenge of the portal and how many new coaches and players we have, I think finding a way and a short window to meld all of those personalities and expectations together, I think is going to take great leadership. And I think, uh, I think Scott can do that. I know he's working hard on that. That's going to be really critical because, you know, a team full of talent isn't necessarily a team. And so taking talented individuals and creating and melding a team, I would think is is, is going to be critically important to him and for him, and I think he's focused on
5: that. How has Hired Mark accentuated his kind of strengths? have you seen him maybe be able to lean into some things he's good at?
4: Well, you know, I think when you have uh, coaches like Mark and, and Mickey and, and some of the other coaches, I mean, you've got to understand, they, they're bringing experiences to nebraska working for other head coaches or being a head coach himself or even nfl experience or working with different personalities of players that i think really can help scott it's just a broadening of your perspective um you know i think having a coach that's had to create systems and play calling in multiple situations i mean every conference is different what you're going to do in the nfl is likely different than what you're going to do in the acc so i think a lot of it is just perspective uh, and, you know, when you sit around a table with different experiences, different perspectives, and different abilities, it has, you know, it's just going to impact you, I think, in a positive way, as long as you're receptive to it. And I think Scott has certainly been receptive to it.
0: Are there strengths and weaknesses to a team wanting to play for a coach? Maybe you can draw on your own experiences here. Players talk pretty often openly so I want to Help Scott, win not only for himself, but for him. Are there strengths or weaknesses that depending some of that on, on wanting to win for a coach?
4: Well, I, I, uh, I wanted to win for Coach Osborne, I can tell you that. Well, I was scared not to win for Coach Osborne, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to put too much on that. I mean, you know, we play for Nebraska. This is about Nebraska try to do everything in the best interest of Nebraska I think Scott feels the same way um, but I, you know, I do think the team is, uh, uh, is, is a close team right now again, we haven't played any games everybody feels pretty good right now um, everybody's undefeated and, uh, but I think it's important to take advantage of some of that cohesion that you're talking about. How much does I didn't answer that very well. So I'm sorry. I don't know how to answer. It. You asked too hard a question. Yeah.
5: How much does the uh, sellout
4: streak stress you out? And, and do you look at it any differently now as opposed to a year ago, especially with the fan survey and
6: all that?
4: It doesn't stress me out because I will tell you, as I mentioned before, sitting in the in the meetings, you know, yesterday with the ads. I mean. Every one of the ABs talks about our fan base, how incredible our fans are, and that experience when we go to Memorial Stadium. So it's really important to us. It's important to me. It's more reflective of the fans. And so we've got some work to do there. Uh, if we haven't done it already, I think we're going to be releasing some additional information about additional mini-ticket packages. Where our team's doing everything they can. Uh, we want to keep that intact. Uh, but we need to do our part on the field. You know, and We've got to have a product that people want to to come and experience so it's important to us we're going to work as hard as we can to maintain it uh, but we'll do it the right way
3: hey it's schmitty want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive stable history of work over 20 years fsc the fsc edge it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment it's a new environment with over two million dollars in improvements you have access to generous benefits packages company support for health and wellness and you do impactful work on a national scale make a difference their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com
1: and we're back quickly so- <laughs> listen to the radio on hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery
7: yes that's awesome
0: back in on a wednesday edition the big 10 media days edition of hail varsity radios we got plenty more big 10 media day content coming your way uh, from various teams various schools various people excited uh to hear from pj fleck next hour later this hour we'll have john schmitz Offensive lineman from Minnesota, as well as A.J. Barner, Indiana tight end and uh, plenty more coming your way a little bit later in the show as well. But uh, starting this show off by talking some Huskers and excited to welcome in uh, historian and author Hale Varsity magazine. It's Mike Babcock joining us here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, his usual 425 time slot in Mike, it's been a busy couple of days out at Big Ten Media Days, and and we've gotten a lot of insight, uh, not only from Nebraska, but from schools around the Big Ten. How are you doing today?
8: I'm doing okay, uh, Elijah. And, you know, the interesting thing, when I think about this, uh, obviously I didn't go to Big Ten Media Days. I've not gone to those. um, I think maybe the first one. But, um, you know, back in the day, they used to have the Big 8 Skyriders Tour where you'd spend 10 days Traveling around the conference, and you would actually get to know people, and you know, it, it was such, such a different thing. And now it's, its uh, I don't know if you find out, you find out some things, but I don't know if you find out a lot. And that was one of the things that interested me about what Scott Frost said. Um, you know, it, it, it's very close to the vest for the Huskers, it sounds like. And we already know about the. Uh, restriction on not getting the assistant coaches available to the, to the news media. Um, I just think that, that that's – I don't know how much people learned about Nebraska, certainly from Scott Frost, because of the things that he said there.
0: Well, Mike, before we get too deep into Nebraska, you got to tell me about this Big 8 tour. You can't just intro with that. Ten days on to – did you go visit all the schools in the Big 8? Explain to me how that worked real quick. Yeah,
8: first. you uh, – and the reason it was ten days is because we spent a couple of days in Colorado, a couple of days kind of catching up. And it, so it started in Kansas City. Um, we flew, and I don't remember – I don't remember what the sequence was, but, but we flew on a, a private plane. I don't know. It was – kind of a scary thing for people like me that don't like to fly anyway. But um, So you flew to several of the schools, obviously Colorado down to Oklahoma and then take a bus to Oklahoma State, I think, and then uh, or vice versa, and then you uh, flew to Iowa State, and then, then you would uh, fly maybe back to Kansas City, and then you would drive to Kansas and Kansas State, and you would spend one day at each place and you would interview the coach, and you would interview players, and then there would be a dinner that night, and the coach and the athletic director and the assistant coaches would be there, and uh, there would be an interaction there. So you would get to know uh, coaches. Um, You would get to know, obviously, sports information people on a very personal level. So um, over the course of time, it was very comfortable. You know, like when you'd go on the road to conference games, you knew people. Um, It wasn't like it wasn't as distant as it is now. And, uh, you know, yeah, the Big 8 skyriders that was a big deal. And they always picked a rookie of the year, which, you know, some of it was uh, uh, if you were, uh, if you like to uh, indulge a little bit and uh, after you got your stories filed and they had the dinner and so forth, people went out and did a little drinking and so forth. But uh, if you were kind of an unimpressive person like me, you didn't do that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) Mike Babcock's with us here, Hail Varsity Radio. and uh, Mike, let's get back into Big Ten media days uh, the the past couple of days. And and you were right with with Scott Frost keeping his cards close to his chest. Pat Fitzgerald even said as much yesterday, saying – If the Nebraska media wants to to report any stories, he'd love to read everything they got because uh, they're just fishing for anything that they can get regarding what Nebraska's game plan might be come week zero. And after a summer of thinking we we might be getting closer to to knowing what the offense is going to look like and knowing Mark Whipple is going to be calling plays, yesterday kind of brought us back down maybe towards reality of, well, Mark Whipple is going to be calling the plays, but Scott Frost... Uh, he's still going to be in the car. He's going to be maybe even a backseat driver of sorts. He's still going to be very involved with this offense.
8: Yeah, that was interesting. He described it as a fun collaboration. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, from what I've read about Whipple and and so forth, uh, you know, he's kind of a uh, takes care of his own responsibilities sort of thing. And Scott, you know, it doesn't obviously doesn't want to give away the offense completely to somebody, turn over completely, so. Um, fun collaboration, I guess, is the way he wanted to describe it. We'll, we'll see how that is. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to have a very good sense of what that offense is going to look like, really, unless we take a look at what Wiffle did, you know, what Pittsburgh or whatever, um, until Nebraska plays, uh, plays in Ireland. And, uh, you know, the one thing I guess we could say with some certainty is that, uh, The quarterback job is Casey Thompson's to lose. I thought that was kind of an interesting comment. You know that uh, um, there wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, flip a coin kind of a thing going into into fall camp in in terms of who the quarterback was. They were going to identify the quarterback, and and the other people were going to have to battle to try to unseat him. But but if things go as expected, you know that. It's going to be Casey Thompson, if he stays healthy, um, I think that's that's pretty clear. You can you can conclude that, but you can't conclude much of anything else uh, as far as who's going to be in that uh, offense and what the offense is going to look like in in a very any detailed sense.
0: Yeah, Mike. Dare I say that we're leaving Big Ten Media Days with more questions than than we had going in, just because uh, of. Of, I mean, there was uncertainty going into to to be, for sure. But like, you look at what he said about the offense, and well, we can get into this here with the whole skipping the uh, the, the opening monologue. It really just felt like a yeah. coach that didn't necessarily want to be there, didn't really want to give anything away. And and there's been a lot of reaction to that today. Do you think Scott Frost's uh, appearance and, and how he acted at Big Ten today's from skipping the opening statement and whatnot? Do you think that's being overanalyzed today?
8: Uh, no, I don't think so, because, uh, you know, it was a little surprising. You know, do you have any, make a statement, no, let's just go with the questions kind of a thing. Uh, to me, it just reflects the obvious, which is he, he's under pressure to win, to be successful, however you want to define that. If that success is 500, success is 7 and 5, or 8 and 4, whatever it is, um, he's under pressure to do that. And uh, and and so the way he's responded to that is, let's play this thing close to the best. You know, let's don't. It, it's kind of us against the world, and and the world includes pretty much everybody, outside the team. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do some things, but we're not gonna not gonna talk about it. And uh, you know, it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be a surprise for people. Obviously, there's some speculation because of the players that you have and and you know what their skill sets are and so forth. But uh, um, yeah, that to me it was just I don't know if people went there thinking they were going to get answers to questions that they had. Um, but uh, it, it didn't surprise me on that level. It didn't surprise me. It just kind of surprised me that you know he he didn't make an opening statement. He just said let's ask the questions, and then when he asked the questions, you know, he needed to clarify a couple things, one of which was I'm not backing away from the offense. It's a fun collaboration kind of a thing. That was the the one thing that I that I really took away from that was, um, you know, he's still going to be involved in the offense. But there's a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, as we talked before, Frank Solich found that out. I mean, he tried to do it, and it didn't work, um, coordinating his own offense. Tom Osborne. Was a unique person to be able to do that. So, um, there are so many responsibilities as a head coach. You've got to you've got to take care of all of them.
0: Mike Babcock's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, and Mike. Let's sh- uh, switch to the defensive side of the ball. And Garrett Nelson, I think, by all accounts, had a very good Big Ten Media Days. If you're uh, into judging that, so uh, Garrett. I mean what's called the, the best leader Scott Frost has seen in a while. It's really clear that he's emerging not only as the leader of this team, but as the heart and soul of this team. So uh, Garrett Nelson being the leader of of a team heading into 2022, how does that strike you compared to the leadership in years past?
8: Well, you know, I think they've always had that kind of lead. You know, they've had good leadership, but when, you know, when, when Scott Frost says he's as good a leader as there's been here in a while, you know, that's pretty high praise. And I, you know, Travis uh, Vokalek uh, described him as a. I wrote it down. Heck of a competitor and also a psychopath. <laughs> you know, when he when he gets on the team, when he gets on the field, you know that's the way he plays. He's hundred miles an hour all the time, and uh, you know the the one thing that uh, that Nelson said that uh, to me was impressive. It wasn't arrogant. It wasn't arrogant in any way, shape, or form in the way he said it was. Somebody has to be the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it might as well be him, you know? Like, that's his focus. Now, whether he's going to be that or not, probably, I mean, it really that's irrelevant. It's just his attitude going into things is, you know, if somebody needs to be the best, why not me? You know, that's how he's working. That's what he, That you know, he's... He's working in a certain way, and he's leading the team in a certain way, um, not only by example, by what he says. And he's very articulate, and he's very passionate about what he does. And I think that's uh, I think that's really important. I mean, he's he's a good example of someone who has made progress each season that he's played. He's gotten better each year, and that has to do with his attitude and that. Never slow down. Always going 100 miles an hour, no matter what. And uh, you know, so it, it didn't surprise me that he was impressive there. You know that uh, um, he was the he was the guy. But you know, uh, Travis Volkalek and 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 Quentin Newsom they were good as well. I mean, Newsom talked about the competition the secondary and and uh, how he felt good about that and. And, and Pokalek had some insights and talked about, you know, uh, having to sit out one year, the difference in the transferring now with the transfer portal. And when he transferred, <laughs> it was well represented, I thought, uh, with, the, with the players uh, that went there. But, again, the, the big thing for me was just Frost and his, his indication that, hey, we're going to this close to the vest you know it's not going to be it's going to be uh kind of a scramble i guess for media cover and fall camp to some extent because you know a lot of it's going to be speculation and opinion because you're not going to get a lot of you're not going to get a lot of specifics from from the uh the coaches well you're not going to be able to talk to the assistant coaches um from the uh coordinators the head coach and from the players
0: uh mike Appreciate your time today, and uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at MDBavs. Follow his work this season, And, and Mike, we'll get caught up next week. Thanks for your time today, bud.
8: Hey, great talking to you. Be safe.
9: When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy, awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now, before it's too late. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity
0: Radio. Back in on a Wednesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. That's uh, Elijah Herbal filling in for Chris Schmidt as he's on the way back from Indianapolis. But we got plenty of Big Ten Media Days content to bring you as Schmidt's been working tirelessly for the past two days. Uh, and he just, I mean... From Minnesota to Indiana to uh, Michigan State to Michigan, he's been sitting down with the who's who of the Big Ten. We got another guest coming your way right now as uh, yesterday afternoon, Schmitty sat down with Indiana tight end A.J. Barner. Uh, He is going to be a big piece of that Indiana offense this season, appeared in 12 games last season, only one start, uh, but he was... Uh, really proving himself to be a, a guy who can be relied upon, and they're going to need to rely upon him this season. So here's Schmidty, sit down with AJ Barner from Big Ten Media Days.
3: Back into it here on Hale Varsity Radio, Radio Row. Uh, we welcome in AJ Barner, tight end, and AJ. Uh, you, you came out and walking down uh, the sideline here. Uh, tell me about the dream to get here at the end of the season.
10: Yeah, I mean it's just an awesome experience. You know, I'm just extremely happy to be here. God, thank god for this opportunity i'm just extremely honored to represent my team and this university
3: hey do tell me a little bit about yourself uh, what got you to the indiana program uh this uh program is is uh, coming off a tough season but on the heels of a, of a great season during covid
10: for sure uh you know i'm from a little outside cleveland ohio i played defense really my whole life and then my junior year and senior year i played tight end i was a little bit under recruited but IU have been talking to me for a good amount of time, really since my junior year. So uh, just the way things fell and the opportunities that I had, I had a couple other Big Ten schools and ACC schools reach out to me, but I just felt extremely comfortable with uh, Coach Allen's staff just because they had uh, recruited me since the start.
3: AJ Barner, tight end, Indiana with us. And I think of those, uh, those matchup issue wideout slash tight end hybrid guys that for have sure. come through uh indiana uh how does it uh fit your game with with what the offense wants to do and have you continued to grow in this offense
10: yeah for sure i just feel like i'm a guy that you know brings a lot of size and speed to the table and anytime you bring another tight end in the game the defense has to make a decision whether they're going to bring in a safety a cornerback or a linebacker and whichever one they do whether it's a, a secondary guy that might give us an advantage in the run game or if it's a linebacker guy then hopefully we can get a mismatch against him so uh Either way, just I feel like I bring a lot of things to the table. Is there a, a defender that, that kind of comes to mind
3: that is is tough on tight ends in the Big Ten? Because you nailed it. You, you've got the, the linebacker, the safety option, and uh, you can mismatch that and get get uh, great coverage or be uh, a little bit more physical on the run game at times. But are there some teams or some some players that makes it difficult for you, the hybrid defenders that come to your mind?
10: Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, all teams in the Big Ten have great players all over the field. And I just feel like uh, whether it's a guy up front in the, or or in the secondary, it's just kind of part of the position where you have to be prepared for maybe a guy that's, that has some weight on you to block him up front or a guy with some speed on you. But I feel like just my preparation and going against guys like Cam Jones and Micah McFadden and, and seeing how Peyton Hendershot worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he learned from Ian Thomas, who's uh, starting uh, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. So I feel like I've just had a lot a lot of good preparation and really whatever they throw at me, I'll, I'll be ready for and I'm I'll I'll be learning on the fly too. So I'm excited for it.
3: Was it difficult or or different for
10: you to, to flip from from defense to offense? Just because I had grown up playing defense my whole life, really at first I wanted to play defense. But um I just feel like with that defensive mindset and playing tight end too, I I can take that to the position also and and just being mean and physical up front. And helping out in the in the in the, in the run game and then also with pass blocking too and also i feel like down the field especially on vertical routes and at the top of my routes just being physical at the top of the routes is, is something i'm good at and uh something i'm looking forward to do this year
3: let's talk speed uh AJ, and uh, you've got the size man for sure uh, but uh your 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 speed uh is it fair to say you're you're one of the faster tight ends in the big ten
10: yeah 100 percent i feel like uh that my speed's definitely one of my strengths as well. And I'm, we did a uh, body fat percentage. So I'm sitting at six, six, uh, 250 pounds. I'm only 11% body fat. So I feel like that's just, I don't care around much weight. That isn't good weight. And I feel like that gives me a, a big advantage when it comes to speed. Tell me about coach Allen,
3: his connection with guys, you being one of his uh, team leaders, how does he get you guys motivated kind of instill that, that
10: energy in you? Yeah, I feel like just the culture that Coach Allen's created with the Elliott Mantra, and, uh, you know, he just brings a lot of energy, and, and, it's, and it's focused energy, too. And uh, he, he's just a big rally-of-the-troops guy. He's an Indiana guy, so you know how much he cares about the program. And, uh, you know, we just love taking the field for him because we know how much he cares about us. And it's not like that everywhere, but it's definitely 100% authentic. Anything you see about Coach Allen, that's the truth. He doesn't put on a show for anybody. And uh, he's just a great overall person and a great coach. Pretty old school and in a good way uh-huh. with with his sincerity. Yeah, 100%. Old school in the way that he likes to play football, a physical big-time brand of football, and just a guy that I love playing for because I know he has my back and, and I have his. What's the
3: outlook on the offensive side? You're back. You're going to catch footballs. You're going to be making blocks. But talk to me about the quarterback setup, the run game, and, and how this offense that was just – printing points mm. two years ago you put up points last year as well uh but how how do you take an, another step from last season
10: yeah I feel like we got plenty of, of weapons really I mean uh just guys kind of coming into their own and then in the transfer portal and then uh uh just some freshmen coming in too but you know at the running back position we got Sean Shivers from Auburn which I'm, I'm sure you've seen the highlight of him yes taking somebody's <laughs> helmet off before uh Josh from uh UNC Jalen Lucas also back there and then David Holloman and, and Trent and so we have a bunch of guys back there that are ready to step up and then in the receiver room we got Cam Camper a, a really really talented Juco player who's got some length out there and then Emery from uh, UNC also who's played a lot of football DJ who unfortunately got hurt last year but he he had a great season before that so he's coming back and then myself a tight end and then the quarterback room too we have a plenty of solid options that, and that's gonna be a competition going into camp we got Bazlack from Missouri and and Tuttle who's been here for a little while and uh, Dexter Williams who's also a, another one of my classes just a really talented player and he's starting to you know figure it out in terms of just like all his reads because he's always had the the uh, mobility so I feel like really whoever we go out there with I'm, I'm, I'm truly confident and uh, I'm just ready to take the field with them to the better second.
3: Tight end in for Indiana, AJ Barter, with us here. Hail varsity radio. We're out of Lincoln. You guys come to Lincoln. Were you a part of the the travel roster back in nineteen?
10: No. So actually, uh, my freshman year was twenty twenty, the COVID year. So no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, really, uh, I've only been here for two years. I'm a pretty young kid. I'm only twenty years old, um, but I'm, I'm excited to make the trip. Well, it'll be good to see you, man. Yes, Another
3: uh, big-bodied tight end for and sure. hybrid wide out for Indiana yes, sir. Uh, putting up plays. Nice to meet you. Yes, sir. Appreciate for time Yes, sir.
0: So it's A.J. Barner joining us on Hale Varsity Radio. And A.J., interesting cat in the fact that, that, that Chris Minson, that wide receiver tight end hybrid, not only did he play tight end last season, he also blocked a punt and returned a punt so uh, they just had him doing a little bit of everything. He talked about the speed. He talked about the size. He's going uh, to be a guy that Indiana is relying upon uh, for the next couple of years. So it was good uh, to get caught up with A.J. Barner out at Big Ten Media Days. We'll get caught up with John Schmitz coming up after the break here. Is, uh, we've had a good first hour. Garrett Nelson, we heard from him yet again uh, in the first segment today. We also had Mike Babcock joining us. That was A.J. Barner. And uh, coming up next hour, we also have P.J. Fleck, Peyton Thorne, jack ebling and more as uh, we're bringing you all the content we got from big 10 media days we'll continue after this with uh, minnesota offensive lineman center john schmitz joining us on hail varsity radio we're presented by the nebraska lottery and now and now back to hail varsity radio One last time this hour, let's get caught up with John Schmitz, Minnesota offensive lineman. We did have some technical difficulties early in this one. They will be resolved after about the first minute, so bear through the first minute and uh, enjoy John Schmitz, Minnesota offensive lineman.
7: Here
3: in Big Ten Media Days, John Michael Schmitz is uh, sitting with us here from the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the starting center. Uh, John, it's good to spend time with you. Thanks for uh, popping by here at ESPN.
11: So tell me about uh, so Chicago. I am, I am uh, born and raised in the uh, south suburb of Chicago, okay. about 30, 35 minutes from the city. Um, grew up a White Sox fan. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. definitely love, uh, love the city.
3: John Michael Schmidt's uh, center with us here on Calvar City Radio. He's uh, with the Gophers. Tell me uh, about uh, your introduction to Gopher football, and as you've kind of worked your way up and, and been an anchor on that line, what's, what's the mentality, what's the culture like? Minnesota's had some incredible offensive, offensive line here the last 10 years. You had a really, really good uh, run
11: at Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so I first got to the University of Minnesota in 2017, um, June 2017. I was actually uh, part of flex uh Recruiting class at Western Michigan. Yeah, and he um, the, the team that went to the Cotton Bowl. Right? Exactly. Yep. So I was committed to him, and then after that season, he uh, left for the University of Minnesota and gave me a call. Like, hey, hey you want to come? And I was like, definitely. Like it was my dream playing in the Big Ten. And uh, after that, it was just history. And um, uh, we've had a lot of success on the whole line. I got to give props to uh, Brian Callen, Coach Callie. Um, um, just the work he puts in and the standard he has on us, um, and the coaching um, and he has is unbelievable. John Michael Smith, senior center
3: this year here at Hayward Park City. This is going to be a young gun line. What, what do you expect from
11: Minnesota here in 2022? Um. I, I wouldn't say it's a younger line. I would say it's a less experienced line. Um, you guys have been in the program. Exactly. We have guys that have been in the program um, that have been waiting their turn um, patiently behind the the big core up front from last year. Uh, we graduated four seniors last year. So, I mean, they learned from uh, uh, some great guys in front of them. And uh, I'm very excited about this offensive line group Uh and, uh, what it has in store for us in, uh, this season, 2022. Who do you, uh, love watching in the NFL? Who's your center? Uh, I like, uh, uh, I would say, uh, Ryan Jensen or, uh, uh, Alex Mack. Okay. Yeah. Ryan Jensen just because of how nasty he is. And then Alex Mack is because. Jensen uh,
3: is a little nasty. Yeah.
11: Yeah. I, I do like that mentality that he brings up front. And, um, yeah i definitely and then uh alex Mack, just because uh um i like uh we we watch some of the, his film uh for our offense and stuff okay. so um uh, how nice feel how's mo doing how's he looking mo's great he is uh he, I'm, I'm great but, back yes yeah, i i just love mo so much he's a uh he's a great friend um even better uh football player and um uh, I'm glad he's back. John Michael Schmidt, uh,
3: senior setter, Minnesota, the Gophers. As uh, you know what, he's engaged. He had some leftovers and he uh, stopped by uh, uh, Big Ten Media Day Radio Row. John, nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks it. for having me. A uh, different spelled Schmidt's but uh, you know, uh, Schmidt there. Thanks uh, for your time.
9: Storm Chasers fans, July 23rd is Faith and Family Night at Werner Park. Come watch the Storm Chasers take on the Iowa Cubs. And if you're one of the first 1,500 fans in the gate, you'll even take home a Bobby Witt Jr., Baseball America Player of the Year bobblehead. As much as that is a mouthful to say, that's an item you'll want in your collection. If that's not enough to sell you, though, how about a concert after the game? Top 10 Christian recording artist Corey Asbury will be on the mic. His music is awesome awesome. Bring the family, make some memories, and book your stay at Werner Park, July 23rd.
1: Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris. Schmidt.
0: Continuing rolling through a Big Ten media edition of Hale Varsity Radio as it's a Wednesday edition. Eliza Herbal filling in for Chris Schmidt today. Chris Schmidt is currently on a plane somewhere on the way back from Indianapolis. He'll be back in for a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, but I've said it a couple times on the show so far today. He has left us plenty of content for the show today as he's been sitting down with the who's who of the Big Ten for the past couple of days. Talking with them yesterday, we heard from Barry Alvarez, Joel clatt Garrett Nelson, and more. And uh, another good show uh, coming to you today as we're halfway through back in hour one. We heard from uh, Mike Babcock, who joined us live to give his reaction to uh, Nebraska's appearances at the Big Ten Media Days yesterday. And Mike's interview will be posted up shortly on ESPNLincoln.com. We also heard from A.J. Barner and John Schmitz just now. And we're going to go from one gopher to another, from John Schmitz to the head coach, P.J. Fleck, and uh, a big tip of the hat to the Doug and Daddy show out in Kearney as uh, Doug Duda sat down with P.J. Fleck and uh, was gracious enough uh, to give us – Uh, Permission to use this interview here on the show today as P.J. was a man that was in demand yesterday and Doug got a chance to sit down with the head man out at Minnesota and uh, went about nine minutes with him. So enjoy as uh, Doug Duda sits down with P.J. Fleck, head coach of Minnesota.
12: Doug and Daddy show with one of our favorite times of the year. Get to catch up with a lot of great folks here at Big Ten Media Days. P.J. Fleck, the head coach at Minnesota Minnesota. Obviously, at the top of that list, and uh, you know he's already told us that we're wearing too much red today, Larry. Yeah, in the past, last year we both got caught wearing maroon and gold. <laughs> Literally, you, got, you set yourselves up for that. That's yeah. not me
5: just <laughs> expecting that
12: I, I just want to start with something that you don't know and you probably don't care about, but we all in the media make our predictions. And everybody said I'd been, you know, on the sauce too much. I got back. I said, when we come to media days. This is where I learn stuff. Somebody's better than a championship game. I said it didn't matter what happened on opening night, win or loss. I didn't know all the injuries were going to keep you back. And you were almost there with all of those injuries.
5: How close were you last year? Oh, we were really close, you know, and, uh, you know, I think when you kind of look at our team, you know, we might, we not, might not be the deepest team or a developmental team, so when you kind of look at some of our best players, you know, a lot of the older guys we have, and you lose your, you know, all-American tailback in the third quarter against Ohio State, and, you know, he, I mean, he, he's a hoss now, I mean, he's a workhorse, so, thing you know, you're down five tailbacks, and then you have four wideouts, you know, missing almost close to half the year apiece, and. Um, You know, we had to do what we had to do to find ways to win games, you know, and I think that's a a, of a program and a culture. I think that shows that you're 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 finding ways to win no matter the circumstances that get thrown your way. We were close, you know, Um, but. Uh, I feel like we got a lot of guys back who've contributed a ton, uh, who know how to win at a very high level, uh, who've been close before. Uh, But again, we've got to be the best team we possibly can be for us to be able to have a chance like that. Uh, There are so many good teams in the West this year, and I think everybody's going to be really good. And everybody talks about the West being up for grabs.
7: Yeah, I I suppose
2: uh, because everybody's kind of clumped together as far as the West goes. What does your offensive line look like? Yeah. Coming back in. I mean, how, I mean, you've got, I mean, I've said it, I think
5: the best tailback uh, in the conference for sure, you know, a good quarterback, uh, your receivers are going to be healthy. What does your offensive line look like? Well, if you guys might know this, but a lot of the guys that started the game against you at Nebraska in 2020 are the guys that are actually playing now. A lot of people yeah. don't understand that those guys behind are guys that all had COVID that and we had 30 plus guys yeah. out that game, whatever it was. And, That was like our second offensive line. They are now older and now ready to step into those roles. Uh, We got a few transfers, uh, Quinn Carroll from Notre Dame. Uh, who's a Minnesota that's back, who has three years left to play. And then Chuck Villalaga from Michigan, who was basically the sixth man last year from Michigan who played a lot of football. We have one of the best centers in the country, um, arguably not uh, one of the best, if not the best. Uh, We have a left tackle by the name of Ariante Hursery, who I think might be the best offensive lineman we've ever coached in 10 years. Um, And then Axel Rushmeyer who played a ton of football for us at left guard. And then Day. we've got nine guys who pretty much played all big 10 football Um, but we're we're losing 181 starts. I think that's what everybody kind of sees up front and we're only replacing it with 35 starts. So everybody says, Oh, well, they're O line, but um, we might have a chance to be more athletic than we've ever been uh, up front. And then, and you look at the defensive line, it's the same thing. I mean, we lost 67 starts. We replaced it with 26 starts, but the guys are really talented. We're longer, we're bigger, we're stronger. We're faster than we've ever been. It's just maybe we gain a little or we lose a little bit of experience where that's what training camps for build that experience. Especially at the beginning of the year, build it more. And then hopefully, this is the running back room. We know you've got Mo. About how deep is, is that room yeah then you look at Trey Potts who basically filled in for Mo until he got hurt and he's back and he's been medically cleared by all the he has a lot of medical team that's surrounding him um, doctors and hospitals in Pittsburgh our, our you know our, uh, our hospital and Dr. Nelson who takes care of us the Indiana Purdue people were absolutely unbelievable when he did get hurt at Purdue a lot of people jumped in and, and really really helped him and, and maybe even saved his career so uh, I know he owes a lot he'll, he'll be ready to go in training camp here um, you got Bryce Williams back who's played a lot of football Force played against you guys at home uh, last year. And then came in January and shown us a ton of promise. So we've got, we got four or five backs again uh, uh, and a lot of familiar names. But Muhammad's obviously the highlight name of that group. Talking
12: with Minnesota head football coach P.J. Fleck here on the Doug and Daddy
5: Show, Doug to Larry Baker, just kind of following up on a couple of things that Larry asked you. Are you surprised Mo came back? What went into that there was a lot that went into that decision. Um, you know, Moe's very cerebral. He's going to think that he does something. Um, you know, there was a lot of things um, because, it, you know, then you have the debate. You're always going to be 5'8". Five, eight, five, eight, five, eight. It doesn't matter if you're Achilles. You'll get it healed. You'll come back. Uh, he came, he didn't come back just for him. Uh, he came back for the team. He knew that once he got hurt. Listen, we're talking about the nil got hurt. All the went away, and, and that's unfortunate. But understands that he understands what the real world's like and um, he's more than just a tailback he's an unbelievable person and I think he wanted to be able to finish that off for him and his teammates Um, because he's he's still going to be 5'8 and that's not going to change him as a tailback he came back to put a a a different ending secondly uh, if you're going to have a bunch of new guys on the offensive
12: line it's okay to have the big guy in the middle you mentioned John Michael Schmitz how much coaching and how much does he still teach? coached
5: well i think that he's an, a, an incredibly demanding player in that and saying that he's 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 demanding of everybody around him that they work to his limb he's an unbelievable leader and uh an unbelievable connector and the best thing about him is he can he knows what each guy needs on that o-line uh to get better and he can deliver it in a way that you'd want a coach to deliver it not just the same way everybody learns differently and he has a very unique ability to do that to all the guys that are he's surrounded with and he's made that o-line better along with brian callahan our offensive line coach last one for me how different college football helps nil you know the portal being a big piece you know how many scholarships do you keep aside for the portal versus high school kids and um uh, just how recruiting is uh, in this thing when we talk about NIL and so on. I mean, this, these last twelve months have really changed things. Yeah, change is inevitable. Chad, change, but it's been one change for that year or every two years there was a big change. Now there's massive amounts of change, and um, and, and all at once. And I think that's where people have have had a hard time getting their footing. But you know, we're still going to be a life program. We're still going to look for the right fit. We're still going to run our program the way we run it. Uh, but I think if you don't change and adapt you're going to die on the vine Uh, i've always believed in we're a high school developmental program Mm -hmm. we still are but that doesn't mean you don't benefit off the portal and we're going to benefit off that does that mean i'm going to take 25 portal kids no but have i taken six to seven kids absolutely um because i think that helps you in and misses in recruiting it helps you fill those gaps but it still keep, has you keep your core beliefs as a developmental football program of these high school student athletes and developing them uh, freshmen all the way through their senior year. PJ never talked to a coach that didn't have something to fix,
12: even if Nick won the national championship <laughs> or, or whoever got that done in the last couple of years. What were you still concerned about coming out of spring that you would need to get addressed immediately here in fall camp? Yeah,
5: I, I think there, there, there are two things I know our football team is for sure. We are athletic and we are fast. We are faster on paper than we've ever been. We're more athletic than we've ever been on paper. And, and that's a credit to our staff, our players, our recruiting. Um, but you, every coach has a question going into the year. And since January, this isn't saying that I don't think our team is. We just have to become this. We have to become this really, really tough, connected football team. And I don't mean tough just in the physical part. I mean handling the adversity, overcoming the, the things that are coming our way, um, uh, the resolve to overcome everything that will happen to us uh, that we don't even know about, that we know it will happen. We just don't know what it will be like what happened last year. And if we can be a really tough football team, I know we're athletic enough, fast enough, connected enough uh, to win a lot of football games. But that, that's going to be the big question for us. Um, and I've, I've told our team that and uh, they're on their way to becoming that. You got the rivalry win last year. What did that mean for you? Oh, it meant a lot. You know, I think that when you look at the West, there's a lot of rivalries even being yeah. formed. It, it, there's so many close games in the West every year that it feels like every game is a rivalry game these days because everything is so close, especially in the West. And you look at, you know, our one possession games and you look in 2019, we won. We were we were six and one in one possession games. Well, that's how Minnesota wins 11 games, (laughs) right? Last year, we were pretty good, but we were nine and four, but they could have went either way. We could have easily been a 5-7 and seven to 11-win team again, especially in the West Division. Uh, and, um, you know, it, we have a ton of respect for Nebraska. I have a ton of respect for Nebraska fans. They're very passionate. Uh, they know the game. Um, and they've, they've, they've contacted me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get,
12: we get to see them in Lincoln on November 5th. Always the bad luck. We'll talk again soon. Best of luck this season. Appreciate you having me Thanks, on, guys. Row the Boats Guy Mago
5: Gophers. Thanks a lot.
0: So big thanks again to Doug Duda and the Doug and daddy show out in Kearney for sending that our way. Uh, we love sitting down with PJ Fleck and, uh, he, he said it there at the end, uh, Husker fans, uh, love him or hate him passionate about Minnesota and PJ Fleck and what he's brought up there. And, uh, Uh, I guess no such thing as bad publicity. That's what they say in the public relations world. No such thing as bad publicity. It's all about how you spin it. And P.J. Fleck, man, does he spin things uh, to look in a positive light towards him. A uh, real spin, Dr. P.J. Fleck is. And uh, it's uh, good to get a chance to to hear him on our show. So I can't thank uh, the Doug and Daddy show enough for sending that our way. Uh, So we just heard now from back-to-back gophers, John Schmitz, as well as P.J. Fleck. And uh, let's get now to uh, Michigan State as we got a couple of Spartans coming your way. Jack Ebling is coming up after the break. Uh, he's won that Michigan Sports Writer of the Year Award multiple times now. And uh, him and Schmitty sat down yesterday out at Big Ten Media Days. We'll get that t- for you here in just a second. But first, let's talk to the quarterback of the Spartans, Uh Peyton Thorne, uh, a guy who beat Nebraska last season. He talks about that here just a little bit in this interview, but uh, he's a guy that's going to have to lead a different-looking Spartans program. Uh, we also get into the uh, the influence and what it's like to have uh, Mel Tucker as your head coach. So uh, without any further ado, here is Peyton Thorne sitting down with us at Big Ten Media Days. A uh, big thanks to Chris Schmidt for this one.
3: Back here, Big Ten Media Days, day two with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Spartan quarterback Peyton Thorne with us. Peyton, good to spend time. Thanks for a few minutes.
6: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
3: I want to spend uh, uh, the first thought here is about last season, 11-2. and That's a bit in the rear view, but wow, incredible season for you guys. What was your mindset? What was your expectation going in? You had a whole roster turnover, and man, you guys uh, played really good football.
6: Well thank you, yeah, we had a, a very different team last year than we did two years ago. Obviously, we had some guys in the transfer portal uh, and a new class of freshmen receivers um or not receivers, just just freshmen in general. uh you know, I thought we had a good team going into last year, and then um you know after the first few weeks of the, of the season, we got guys that you know really believe yeah we do have a good team and uh you know from that point on, we um kept playing good football, uh, obviously didn't achieve our ultimate goal, but um you know I thought we put together a pretty Pretty solid season that, that I think our fans can be proud of.
3: What's your job as as quarterback? Uh, what are your what's your set of checklist look like, so to speak, as you as you go in for another season uh, when it comes to, to playmaking, but also uh, just uh, just being a leader.
6: Yeah, you know that's that's the focus every year is you know making sure that you're able to lead your team. When you're in the quarterback position, you're automatically put in a leadership role. And so some guys do different things with that role. Uh, But for me, you know, I'm looking to put my best foot forward for my teammates and, you know, work as hard as I can to, to improve my game the the most I can to be as good of a quarterback as I can for our team and for our university. And so um, making sure everybody around me is right too, and then, you know, bring guys along and, you know, holding each other accountable is a big part of our program and, And pushing each other, and and I I think that if we do that, then we're going to have a chance to be successful. What type of leader are you? Uh, You know, I would I would probably let my my teammates, uh, you know, answer that question. I feel like you know, you're vocal or yeah, definitely. I'm definitely not. I you know, I don't think leading example is a thing. I don't I don't think that that uh, you're a leader if you lead by example. I think that that is that's the price of admission. Uh, And if you're if you don't lead by example, then you know. you, there's nowhere to start for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think leading by example is a thing. That's an expectation. And so, um, you have to hold guys accountable. You have to push you hold yourself accountable for sure. And then um, you know, there's a lot of other things that go along with it, but, you know, I, I feel like I'm a vocal leader. I feel like I'm you know, I'm not afraid to speak. Um I'm not afraid to challenge guys and, you know, that all comes back to Relationships and being close with your teammates and being able to being able to get on somebody because if you don't truly know a guy and you don't have a relationship with him, then if you are just screaming your head off at him, then nobody's going to listen to you so um that's a, that's a big part of it as well
3: Peyton Thorne with us last question Peyton, and it's wonderful to have you on uh go back to the Nebraska game and uh finding a way to 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 get that victory
6: yeah, you know that was a you know a big game for us to to come out of that with a win. Uh, we were at home. Offensively, we really struggled. Uh, you know, I did not play my best at all. Uh, Nebraska has a had a good defense, and um, you know, they challenged us. And our defense stepped up and played an amazing game, and ended up, uh, you know, being a huge part of the reason we won. And so, um, we made plays when it mattered, and we ended up coming out of there with a win. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters is that, uh, that we got out of there in the right in the win column. Peyton, nice to meet you. Best nice of luck you. in twenty twenty two. Appreciate that.
0: Good stuff there from Peyton Thorne out at Big Ten Media Days. I uh, will hear Chris Schmidt's interview with Jack Ebling coming your way after the break. It's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
13: Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: And now And now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back
3: in, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, Big Ten Media Days, Jack Ebling, my fast friend from Winston-Salem, sir. Good to see you. He covers Michigan State, six-time Michigan uh, sports personality of the year. And uh, how's, how's Indy treated you? Did you get to uh, St. Elmo's last night? I I got in too late. I hope he had enough shrimp for him, you, me, and
7: Costanza. We left at 4.30 this morning. Oh, No. Yeah, so uh, we just cruised in, but it's always a pleasure to be on with the hardest working man in Big Ten. Big well, Ten. you're you're the best,
3: Jack. I appreciate you. It's been interesting not a not a ton of, of yeah. insight for for Nebraska. Trev was was good though. It's yeah. just you know, straightforward, straight guy. shooter. Trev's incredible, yeah. and uh, Coach Frost is is ready for. Uh, for nebraska this is mile marker two of the the great schmidt summer travel ah. out out to, to wake forest that's right about a, that's about a right. month ago we're here towards the end of july here at big 10 media days and then a month from from now we are off to ireland my friend. Nice. so you're ready i you know i we we have hotel and, and everything handled so yeah i i just Schmidt wonder, seems more german than irish very much so yeah. yes yeah. but uh watsik or Andrews is my 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 wife's mom's ah, maiden name. So. Okay. Okay. But she's staying home. So I ah, okay. <laughs> wanted to get your take here as you look at the West, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin's picked uh, Cleveland.com. Kind of get it, kind of don't. You yeah. know, you can, Wisconsin always finds a way. Iowa, yeah. really good, but same as Wisconsin. What do you get offensively? Yeah. How do you feel about the Gophers?
7: I love the Gophers.
3: Yeah. That's my pick.
7: Minnesota will win the West.
3: Okay. Yep. You you have uh, writing it down. Yep. yep. <laughs> but no, uh, the, the the question mark. And I was talking to to their center Schmitz. Yeah. South Chicago kid. He's oh like,
7: Schmitz. Close.
3: That's why I was like, hey, it's it's not quite the same, but yeah. it, we'll run with it here in Indy. Tell him to correct the spelling of that. I will not do that to a large offensive <laughs> lineman. Which <laughs> he was sitting next to me like you are, so I wasn't going to do that. But. Yeah. Uh, no, he, he's like, look, we're not, we're not young. Guys have been in the program. We're just inexperienced. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Minnesota seems to do pretty well when they have inexperience. They find way. Yes. they find a way to get better as the year goes on.
7: Yeah, and I think they've got as good a running back as there is in this league. Yes. Uh, you've got a 23-year-old quarterback who's played in three bowl games. I think you've got a potential Remington Awards center you know uh it's pretty interesting uh with schmitz and tanner morgan mm-hmm. those guys had both committed to western michigan to play for pj that's what that's what uh, schmitz was
3: saying yeah. and then pj's like no i'm taking you to the big 10 and they're they're thrilled
7: to yeah. To, yeah.
3: to to go from the mac really good league yeah. but to the big 10
7: yes and uh, i think that that is a team to watch It got some tricky spots on the schedule but uh, I like their chances. Uh, I'm not sold on Wisconsin. I'm not sold on Iowa, although I think Jack Campbell's going to be the defensive player of the year in the conference. I think, yeah,
3: Campbell, I, I hope he comes by radio row. Incredible yeah. linebacker. Yeah. But Iowa's schedule's not as fun <laughs> this year. No. That's the thing. Nebraska's no. schedule lightens up just a bit. Yeah. Um, let's talk Sparty. I know Mel and yeah. the crew going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, your outlook here, it, what, what's the, the buzz around East Lansing? Is it a situation of, all right, maybe a step back, but more of the seven and five, eight and four route? Or do they, does the Sparty fan base expect 10 or
7: 11 or, or even better based on year two? I think they expect nine. Okay. And they would hope for 10. Okay. Vegas doesn't agree obviously you know you're talking about seven and a half so there'll be a lot of money coming from Michigan uh, at least (laughs) mid-Michigan on Michigan State but here's what happened last year Chris Michigan State played five close games one them all Mm -hmm. five comebacks uh, including the game against Nebraska with that incredible punt return that tied the game Nebraska played i think at least six close games and lost them all right yeah did they lose at, six at, close games at least six yeah i mean uh, and they I, were all one possession
3: they were all the only one the only game that was not one possession was ohio state and it was
7: 9 yeah, yeah. it was 9 not not 8 not 7 but when you have uh you know um, a guy who can get some things done now i'm i'm looking at nebraska being much improved mm mm-hmm. I'm I'm really curious uh, what's going to happen with Martinez at Kansas State. I
3: think he'll do really well down yeah. there. I think yeah. he'll do eight or nine wins yeah. down there, and they'll be right in the thick of it because he'll just have a running game. He won't have to do yeah. it all, yeah. and and that's that's the biggest thing for me at quarterback is, yeah. you know, with Frost and Whipple, that dynamic. Yeah. How much will Scott yeah. stay? Uh, I don't want to say out of it, but but off to the periphery. Yeah. Uh, and let Whipple do his thing. And then what do you get from Casey Thompson? Do you get chemistry and leadership and buy-in right. from his peers? I mean, and, and you know this, uh, Michigan State did uh, with yes. uh, with with the guys they brought in on top right. of who they had there. I mean, that's it's not an easy mesh, and, and Mel pulled it off, but Mel's, Mel's ready for the next wave of college football, uh, yeah. Jack, yeah. because it is going to be free agency, and it is going to be uh, about projecting and and developing. I mean, uh, Mel's, Mel's, very pre- adaptable. Mel's, Mel's pretty
7: good. Yeah. Mel's when you nice go from two wins so to 11. Oh, yeah. That doesn't happen very but, often. But
3: your two wins, I mean, your, your one, your one of his two wins in the COVID year, his first yeah. year there, you whacked an unbeaten Northwestern. Yeah. So he, he gets his guys ready for the, for the winnable games, but it seems yeah. like Mel gets his guys ready for the big games, and there's not a lot of drop-off. I know uh, last year Purdue was a little bit of a surprise. But um, Purdue did that to Iowa. So uh, Sparty, though, at 11 and two run, and then you had the Michigan game it was incredible. Who
7: is Minnesota's? Uh, excuse me. Uh, who is Nebraska's number one rival in the league? Here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would tell you Oklahoma. So I'm just, I'm just yeah, thinking. right, right.
3: <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I think it's Iowa. I think it's got to be Iowa. Okay, I think it's Iowa, and it used to feel, or you want to believe, it was Wisconsin because yeah. of the the Alvarez connection with Nebraska. Yeah. But I think it's Iowa, Wisconsin, and I think there's a monster dislike or annoyance for Fleck by a lot of the Nebraska fans. And then it, but I also think you know how knowledgeable Nebraska yeah. fans are, Jack. They they respect the hell out of him. I mean, he has won three straight against Nebraska, and he's done it with who are these guys beating nebraska that's 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 a lot of this with you look at the development yeah. that goes on in the league and that's what that's what uh, d'antonio was so great at do it with, with michigan's
7: yeah yeah absolutely yeah
3: jack tell me uh, a thought here as we move forward uh, and say goodbye is is michigan state going to be able to to keep this run going against michigan <laughs> how does that how does that interstate battle uh, project out here, not just, uh, in football, but, but, you know, you yeah, have basketball too. I mean, both, both of them, can you both be good at the same times? My question.
7: Yeah, uh, they were last year They combined for 23 wins. They were 23 and four. Is that the norm though? No, no, it's not the norm. And for Michigan state, uh, won five of the last seven against Michigan at home and five of the last seven against Michigan on the road. Mm-hmm. So the record's been the same, um, five and two. In at home and on the road, but when I asked you about Nebraska's biggest rival for Michigan State, it's a little bit like what Nebraska is if you combine the Iowa series with the Wisconsin or Minnesota series. I mean, the whole season for them, it's a little bit like Ohio State in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, you know, that's a one-game season. They practice for Michigan every day. Yes, they do. They need to. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and, 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 you know, and, they, and,
7: and vice versa, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. I mean, But it's going to be uh, fun to see. Peyton Thorne is back. And a year ago, nobody knew who the quarterback was going to be. They thought it might be Anthony Russo, a transfer from Temple. Uh, we still haven't seen him. Nobody knew who was going to carry the ball. And then the first play of the year, Kenneth Walker goes 75 yards. And uh, 19 touchdowns later, he wins the Walter Camp Award and uh, Doak Walker Award. So, did you go to the Miami game? Where did you Yeah. I did. How I did. how big was? I mean, that was incredible. Yeah, was he, had a, he had an
3: unbeaten Hurricanes team. It's yeah. night game down there, and boom. What'd you what'd you make in Narduzzi's comments? I got to ask you that. That was last week. He's at Pitt now, yeah. but he's a longtime Sparty. Yeah, he was lighting up Mark Whipple for being too stubborn and not running the football enough.
7: Yeah, and uh, I don't know why he is uh, constantly looking back and trying to defend, but I guess people were on him saying. You know, you had your best team and you couldn't beat the third best team in the Big Ten. So he's got to find an excuse. He can't say, Well, I did a bad job of coaching when I led 21 to 10. Mm-hmm. So he's going to say, Well, you know, we didn't have our quarterback who was second in the Heisman race, all this stuff. Well, Michigan State didn't have Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. So, oh. you
3: know, you can make that case too. 21 but... points to th- 30 points. We're talking what, yeah. what, what each
7: guy's are worth. <laughs> Michigan State and Georgia. Mm-hmm. We're the only two teams in the country last year that beat two power five conference champs, okay. So the Spartans don't have to be 11 and 2, but I think if they can do a few things, uh, fans are going to like it, they're going to like Mel Tucker, they already do. Uh, those who can get past a 95 million dollar contract, sure.
3: Well, and that takes a little time, a little getting used to, but. Welcome to yeah. the new normal, and, and Kirby Smart yeah. says thank you very much, Mel Tucker. Yeah, not that Kirby doesn't have a title, but you get what I mean. It's it's exploded. Right. What's your projection here? Do we hear anything here before we pack up and go home with a TV deal? No, the
7: Big Ten. No, no, but it won't be long, and I think it's going to be very, very close to a hundred million per school. Okay, that's so. that's
3: very impressive. What uh, what's your pulse say? What's your magic eight ball say about the Irish? Uh,
7: I think that there's so many things that point toward the big 10 that knowing Notre Dame, that probably won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) That is, but you know, Hey, they they seem to think if they can get 75 million Mm. and autonomy, Notre Dame doesn't like to take orders. No, they, they, they want to be treated special. Yes. And if it can do that, you know, Give up a little bit of money, but be in a position where it can call its own shots. I just thought with Southern Cal coming into the league, that's such a long-standing rivalry, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame always wants to travel. Well, now they're going to have a chance. And don't be surprised if at some point you don't get a Stanford uh, coming in or even Miami <clears throat> coming oh. in. North Carolina is another team, and I know the Big Ten would like. And uh, if you brought in four more and brought it to 20, you'd go coast to coast and really capture the TV markets that Kevin Warren keeps talking about. Absolutely.
3: Jack Ebeling with us. The drive. He's the host. Six time Michigan sportscaster, sports person of the year, radio and print. Impressive. My dear friend from uh, Winston-Salem, we met and uh, we talked, Paul. Let's just meet here back the first week of December. How's that sound? That would be a wonderful thing. A little, little
7: Christmas uh, red and green for I, football fans. That would be ideal, and I hope by then I have enough energy when I can do a three-hour morning show and a two-hour afternoon <laughs> show. Jack, you're too kind. <laughs>
3: Podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of HaleVarsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Yeah.
1: And now. and now, back to
0: Hale Varsity Radio. Back in on a Wednesday, let's hear once again from Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara. He's locked in a tight quarterback battle in what's going to be one of the stories of the Big Ten of fall camp. Uh, Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara coming off a great season. Uh, Schmitty got caught up with him yesterday.
3: Cade, hey, thanks for making time today.
14: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks how's for having how's
3: me? the experience been? Did you guys get in uh, late last night or early
14: this morning? Um, no, we took um, we took the flight this morning.
3: Okay, so do you have to run off, or do you get a little steak and, and lobster tonight?
14: Um, we are actually on a trip around the whole state of Michigan right now as a team, and you know, so you're that, kind
3: of doing a, a Whistle top uh, tour and type deal.
14: Um, a little bit. I I think you know we weren't able to do it during COVID, but sure. Coach Harbaugh, a part of you know getting recruited at Michigan, is that you get the opportunity to visit um really a remote location a remote really country um during your experience and uh, my freshman year we got to visit South Africa which was one of the coolest experiences of my life and um this year we decided to stay home um we decided to tour the state of Michigan and we were able to visit I mean we've been gone for nearly a week now and we're going to finish and we'll be heading back to Ann Arbor on Friday and um you know it's been a great opportunity for the for the guys for team bonding and really to educate ourselves
3: the the trips are important and being a kid who grew up in nebraska there's a lot of the state i've seen there's part of the upper peninsula i've seen in michigan that was a pretty wow factor old tiger stadium but not the entire state it's pretty gorgeous is there a you liked it all i'm sure but is there a favorite spot that 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 you hit here during this tour
14: so far it's been sleeping bear dunes i think we were just there a couple of days ago mm-hmm. um just really it's so beautiful out there lake and, um so you're overlooking lake michigan I bet. and there's <laughs> um i mean the water is insanely clear and well our tour guide actually said like that's kind of a bad thing because there's um there's some kind of organism that's eating all the algae so it's like creating actually it's like actually an invasive species but um I mean, I would
3: cheer for Clearwater. Well,
14: that's what I'm saying is that it looks, (laughs) it looks sweet. It looks great on camera, but um, yeah, I mean, it's been, I mean, so far sleeping bear dunes probably takes the cake, but you know, we're going to head up north up to the UP um, later this week. Cade, Tell me what it's like to to play
3: quarterback for one of the the great quarterbacks at Michigan. Uh, Your, your learning curve, the patience needed, and just how you were able to thrive. I really enjoyed watching Michigan football last year, power football, but uh, that that downfield passing attack that that you were able to to lead.
14: Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, I really love playing for Coach Harbaugh. I think him recognizing how well he played the position and the knowledge he's able to give me um, is really a great perspective for myself as far as – you know, where I'm getting this information from. I'm not getting it from, you know, I mean, sometimes you can get you really anybody. You're not going to get a coach who's probably played the position at such a high level who's coaching you. And, you know, I get that in Coach Harbaugh and, you know, um, me and I have a really good relationship. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of him and what he has taught me.
3: A couple of minutes here. Cade McNamara with us here. Hale Varsity Radio live in Indy. As uh, Michigan, you're defending Big Ten champs. Uh, they were part of the college football playoff. Was there a tipping point game for you guys last season that turned uh, uh, kind of, I guess, solidified the fact it was a special season?
14: Yeah, I, if I'm going to be honest, I think I think of two games. I really think of Wisconsin first and then, I mean, the state of Nebraska second. I mean, the University of Nebraska right there. I think, you know, Wisconsin um, for the majority of our team, was the first away game played with fans uh, for probably over 50 percent of our team, and um, we hadn't beaten w- Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Th- did not th- happen uh, that like, often, r- really. And I think it was like about 17 years, um, and I think that was Coach Harbaugh's first time ever winning uh, an away game as an as a underdog, mm-hmm. which is which is crazy. And I mean, for us to not only do that for the first time and then you know come out with a w but secondly was the game against Nebraska it was really the first time that we faced adversity um Nebraska played a hell of a game against us and um during that game was really the first time we faced adversity that season last season and i mean it was the first time i got sacked all season was against Nebraska which is crazy and um i mean what we were able to display was i mean after that game um I stated that i think that i think this team's different and i think it was because of that reason um the really because we were able to deal with adversity and to come out with a w when i think you know in a tough environment like that um against a team who played us that well um you know in the past i don't think we've come out with those w's
3: kade speak to that environment i've covered the team a long time what's it like to To navigate through that environment, because that when it's loud and it's crazy and it's third and forever, those are those are moments that make or break and can either springboard or, you know, stop momentum.
14: Right. Um, I say it. I say it every single time. I truly think the hardest place we I have ever played is Nebraska. I think that atmosphere I believe is a, a blackout um, at night um, in a tight game. It was the loudest stadium I've ever been in in my life. And, I mean, I couldn't even hear uh, my own cadence. It, it was it was insane. And I think, you know, playing in an environment like that, um, it's extremely difficult, especially on the offensive side of the ball um, as far as cadence and um, really overall communication is difficult. I mean, you just eliminate one of your senses. So, I mean, I think that was a part of it too that made that such a monumental game for us last season was how difficult the atmosphere was in us coming out with a win. Um, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a truly awesome place to play.
3: Kate, were you a headbanging or air guitar at the end of the third quarter with uh, Thunderstruck? Or were you just trying to, to talk to
5: teammates?
14: <laughs> I was headbanging. I mean, we were all, <laughs> we were getting after it. I mean, it, you, you guys shut off the lights and it was just, it was just red out there. And, you know, both teams kind of started merging towards the middle of the field. Um, I mean, it was on from there and it, it, it's a sweet place to play. I'll give you guys that.
3: Uh, Cade McNamara with us, Michigan quarterback, Hale Varsity Radio, from the the win in Lincoln to the uh, the Ohio State win. I mean, it was throwback Ohio State, Michigan. It's snowing, it's cold, it's blustery, uh, and uh, you guys uh, did some work. Uh, I, I had watched Michigan and noticed, you know, once Har- Harbaugh got to town, I mean, f- the guys are super physical, but you really showed how physically you were on both sides of the football against a team uh, most of the league's been chasing.
14: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was such a big part of, you know, why we won that game was, I mean, it was one up front, plain and simple. Um, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson in that defensive front getting to CJ or um, it was RO line just really dominating the line of scrimmage and, you know, each two running the ball right behind them, mm-hmm. I think. Um I mean, the game was one up front. And, I mean, when you win the line of scrimmage, it's very tough to come back from that. So where's,
3: where's Michigan sit right now from a, okay, great year. You stack on top of that. You're a, a returning starter, a leader in a position of leadership. You lost a ton on the defensive side. How does 2022 look as we wrap
14: up here? Um I mean, I think – You know 2020 2021 was you know a really great season for us um i mean we were able to lay a foundation for winning for a culture that you know we can build on but i've as a program we've really been stressing that that was team 142. now Mm -hmm. this is a different team this is team 143 143 hasn't achieved anything and that's the you know that's what we're going to roll with and that's really the only mindset that we can really approach this season with because otherwise Um, We're going to be vulnerable.
13: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
0: Wrapping up this Wednesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, as we put a bow on Big Ten Media Days, Chris Schmidt is flying back from India. Indianapolis as we speak. So uh, send a prayer up for him that he does not encounter any delays in the airport. Those have been pretty common recently. I know a whole bunch of people who've dealt with them in the past couple of weeks. So Schmitty, no issues getting out to Indianapolis. Let's hope no issues getting back here as he's got a show to do tomorrow. Schmitty will be back in studio tomorrow as uh, we look forward to that, as we uh, continue our reaction to big 10 media days. And uh, we start getting into a fall camp as Nebraska Hosted their first uh, camp, excuse me, practice of fall camp. No pads today, as uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, the pads will be getting popping uh, either this weekend or early next week as uh, they got this acclimation period they got to get through where you go through padless practices, uh, not walkthroughs, but definitely less intensity than you'll get with uh, the shells or with the full pad practices. But uh, nonetheless, football season is here as Nebraska gets fall camp underway. And uh, what the remaining question will be over the next couple weeks as these teams get into their respective fall camps is what happens with the Big Ten's TV rights deal. And Scott Doctorman uh, he sat down with Fox sports president mark silverman today uh, who said that he'd be surprised if we get to labor day without a new deal announced in terms of that media rights for the big 10 fox will still be the primary provider of big 10 content but we will have a new media rights member involved Uh, kevin warren said that yesterday excited to welcome a new member to this media rights agreement and According to Silverman and according to Scott Docterman, the companies vying for that piece of the Big Ten media rights deal currently are CBS Sports, NBC, ABC slash ESPN, one and the same, as well as Amazon. And Amazon's an interesting one because of the streaming aspect there could Uh, say Amazon be the company that provides you that Friday night Big Ten game uh, that we've become uh, accustomed to in recent years. Nebraska has a Friday night game this season. and You kind of wonder, could Amazon be the the program that provides that? But there is some hesitancy, according to this article, uh, among Big Ten administrators, because a lot of uh, Big Ten fans don't have uh, a television with capability of streaming. Cable is still the standard among the uh, the country, even though uh, you do have more and more of that younger generation moving towards streaming options, and the Big Ten is exploring its options in terms of streaming. So could you be seeing some Big Ten games on Amazon next year? Maybe. We should know come week one uh, over the next couple of weeks. As Silverman says, a lot of stuff goes a little bit slower in the summertime. People taking trips and whatnot, but once football season is here, this deal will start moving a little bit faster, and he says... He does believe that this deal is close, but just because it feels close doesn't mean there isn't still a lot of money and a lot of negotiation that needs to be done as the big 10 tries to get their media rights deal across the finish line. That'll do it for us here on a Wednesday edition of hail varsity radio as Uh, We took you through some of our interviews at Big Ten Media Days. Today we heard, uh, again, from Garrett Nelson back in hour one. We also heard from John Schmitz, Michigan, excuse me, Minnesota offensive lineman, and the head man at Minnesota, P.J. Fleck. We had Indiana tight end A.J. Barner, Jack Ebling, a writer for Michigan State, as well as Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne. So uh, a ton of people you heard from today. If you missed any of them, check out the full podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or check out the individual interviews themselves on ESPN at lincoln.com but that'll do us do it for a wednesday we'll check back in with you on a thursday edition coming your way tomorrow on Hale varsity radio a hood at media production